Uh, we are back with uh, 10 years after so Rick Lee. And, uh, you know, before, before we leave for the end of for, for the show here, uh, let's quickly talk about the, the Woodstock appearance because those songs and that moment was such a great place in time. And you just told me that off the air that those are going to be re-released or released soon? Explain. Yeah, well, uh, for for years, of course, "I'm Going Home" has been the only track correct that that came out. And and Alvin actually said, and I totally agree with him. He said, oh, "I wonder how things would have been if if they did done um, I can't keep from crying sometimes, or if they'd used um, Spoonful, or you know, one of the others." So anyway, uh, it seems. Well, I knew about it a while ago when when the catalog was with EMI. They were going to. They found the Woodstock tracks, uh, six or seven, I think there are. There are about two, three false starts on "Good Morning Little Schoolgirl" because the guitars wouldn't stay in tune. But we've left those on the album that's going to come out, uh, just for posterity, you know, and for for the real collectors. Um, but um, the uh, yeah, the the uh, blah, 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 blah. yeah, CMI were going to do it, as I said. Sorry. Um, but then the catalog was had to be divested to Warner Brothers because of the Beatles on on EMI and they went to Universal and then the other companies decided that they all got too much of it. It had to be split up. So Warner's got it, but Warner's didn't do anything with it. Basically, they just sat and collected money and didn't really promote the, the back catalog. But the back catalog then went full circle to Chrysalis again, and another Chrysalis label was set up, which was our original label. Um, and they got these tracks from, from Woodstock. Uh, they had to negotiate uh, all sorts of silly overrides and stuff with, with Warners. But anyway, they got it done. And I believe they're coming out June or July. Uh, 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 say it's going to be, I think it's just called 10 Years After's Woodstock album or something like that. I don't have a title really yet. Um, but uh, the, apparently the American company as well are going to put out a a red vinyl, a special red vinyl collector's edition. So that'll be fun. And then later in the year, it's in October, it's actually the 50th anniversary of uh, the Space in Time album, which was where I'd Love to Change the World came from. So how do, how do you celebrate the uh, the fiftieth anniversary? And by the way, my wife was born in nineteen seventy one, which means well, anyway, I've got I've got two fiftieth anniversaries to be prepared for this year. Well, but, that's right. <laughs> so you know what the present's going to be, don't you? It's going to be with the uh, well, the deluxe edition or the or the Woodstock or both. Or both, and, and also the, from Headstocks to Woodstock book. <laughs> Headstock to Woodstock book, yes, of course, but. But the, uh, the yeah, the, of course we're gonna have to get the book, the, the the signed edition. But is there going to be a space and time deluxe edition? Are you remastering it? And I'm not sure what they're doing. That that's out of our hands. The the, the back catalog uh, is with Chrysalis, but they're very good. They involve us in 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 whatever they're doing, and that's for our opinions. And uh, the Alvin's daughter Yasmin is is also very involved and and she and i often talk about what we what, what's happening with the products and stuff and alvin's uh well i'd say widow uh, steve uh, evie sorry um she she's quite heavily involved as well so between us we, we all put in our 10 pennies and, and we usually get quite a nice product out of it they've done some amazing stuff with it with the old catalog reissues and stuff and done a lot of it on vinyl which wasn't on vinyl before I mean, space and time is on vinyl. They put that out about a year ago, 
Um, and what's the other one? Um, uh, oh, crikey. Um, about time. I think that's that's on vinyl as well. That wasn't before. Well, it's uh, about time but, that that it's on vinyl. But but just real quick on on the fiftieth anniversary, since since we're on space uh, a space and time, I should say, uh, it, it is suppose it is considered by many to be sort of the crown jewel in your in your discography. How I would I would agree with that, yeah. uh, except except one addendum to that. I think live at the Fillmore East as well is is i think that's the band at its absolute best live i really do the the interplay between i'm being big-headed here yeah. the interplay between alvin and me on that i i was when i first heard it i was just gobsmacked with it i i found that line in the bowls at emi yeah it was recorded in 1970 and it was due to come out we thought then but of course we were we were plugging the um cricklewood green album right up to Woodstock that was what we were actually on tour doing right 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 so uh, and then the live at the film where he's got lost you know it just got put on one side and, and nobody remembered it was there you know how live is the live album when it gets released do you do you re-record parts or or is it the live well, album what the the live at the film where no it's exactly as it is the only thing we did was uh, I was at EMI with a guy called Pete Mew who had worked on a lot of the Beatles stuff, and he 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 mixed it for us, and and he said he said honestly, Rick, he said I've got nothing really to do here. He said I, I just got to push up the faders because Eddie Hart, um, Eddie, not Eddie Harding, Hendrix's engineer. Um, oh God, Hold English. Um, yes, my name. Oh, God, uh, I'm forgetting his name too. Hold on, I'm going to do a quick check. Uh, uh, God, uh, not Mitch Mitchell. That's the drummer. Yeah. Uh, no, Eddie, Eddie, he did all the... Um, Eddie Kramer. Eddie Kramer. I was just going to say Eddie H. Kramer. Yes. Edwin H. Kramer. And I should yeah. know that because he worked That's on the Kiss stuff too. <laughs> so Ed, Eddie was sat underneath the stage of the film hall with dust coming down on him every time we moved, recording it. And he only used eight microphones. I think he used two on the drums, one on the on the Hammond on on the Leslie cabinet, one on the vocals, one on the bass, and one on the guitar amp. If that makes eight, but anyway, yeah. eight mics was all he used. And, and it Pete sat in a vault for thirty years. Unbelievable. And when Pete Pete Mew was mixing it, he said, "Rick, there's nothing to do." He said, "There are eight mics on this." He said, "Eddie did an amazing job." He said, "All all I can do." He said. Maybe I can tweak a little bit because we might have a little bit of cross talk and whatever. He said, but uh, there's really very little to do. And so he, he did what he was doing and he played it back. He said, what do you think? I said, it sounds fantastic. But, isn't it, but, but yeah, isn't it, was, it amazing, though, because now we, we, we fly stuff in and we fly stuff out and we punch in and then blah, blah, blah. And then you go back and you recut the drums because the symbol on that song wasn't. It's it's so complicated now, and you listen to those early live albums, MC Five, early. It's just here, oh, yeah. here, yeah. enjoy, yeah. and and it captures a spirit, and it captures a moment, and Absolutely. and yeah. yeah, new live albums don't do that anymore. New live albums capture a studio experience uh, anyway. Well, the classic, the classic on that, of course, was Mad Dogs and Englishmen, the Joe Cocker album. 
they 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 the only thing they kept live was the drums, and then they overdubbed everything again. Well, sort of sounds like well anyway. It sounds it sounds like a lot of live albums, and in fact, there's there's a couple I know where they've recorded in a studio and then they just put crowd swell and they they oh yeah that's the, that's an old trick doing that yeah absolutely yeah, well, that that's that sucks <laughs> oh, anyway thank you sir always a pleasure and let's do this again uh-huh. soon and please uh like like we said in the first part come over to montreal come over to canada and enjoy and uh keep making new music you know uh, we'll, try. we'll keep going as long as we can i mean i'm 75 now but yeah. i'll keep, keep at it but I I, I I love Chuck he made it to eighty four and was still gigging so um, right Chuck if Berry could, if Art could do it well Crikey yes of course yeah <laughs> you know so hey uh, yeah. but but anyway there there we go and 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 like I said uh you know I love I love my bands and I love the brands that they are but I also love new music and uh, the last one um, Sting in the Tail is definitely worth uh, checking out and. Uh, Thank you, Mitch. And the book. So, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. Absolutely. I'll see you in Montreal. Yes, sir. Merci. I might, even buy, might even buy you a drink. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll show you around town. Yes, take care. Cheers. All the best. <laughs>